Hello mummers, Laura here and today we are chatting about the main hormones involved in late stage labour and why it is important to recognise the difference between a woman being exhausted versus endorphined. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for Hello mamas and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today we're kicking off with episode three in our Birth with Confidence series, diving into the main hormones involved in late stage labor. So in this episode, we'll discuss the key roles that endorphins and adrenaline play in late stage labor, the importance of endorphins to help mediate pain and help a birthing mother to drop into her primal brain. The important differences between an exhausted woman versus an endorphined woman and how we can compensate for these hormones if we have had interventions in birth that may have disrupted the natural hormonal cascade. So this is episode three of a six-part Birth with Confidence series with the incredible Rhea Dempsey, a birth worker, childbirth educator, counsellor and best-selling author of the incredible books Birth with Confidence and Beyond the Birth Plan. And don't forget we've already released episode one and two in this series where where we chat with Rhea all about the natural hormonal dance between a mother and baby and the importance of queen oxytocin hormone and how to set up a beautiful oxytocin bubble at home. So please make sure you go back and listen to those episodes as they apply mostly to early labor, whereas today's episode is all about late stage labor. There is so much important information coming up in this Birth with Confidence series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you do not miss out. In this Birth with Confidence series, we'll be covering why as a culture, we need to reframe labor pain, the current issues in our birth culture and why it's not helpful to pity a laboring woman, crisis of confidence points that you may hit throughout your labor and so much more. And remember, we also have our bonus episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Rhea talks us through what she calls wild cards, which are life events or factors that may need to be addressed before birth as potential emotional triggers that may pop up in labor and birth. Now, this entire podcast series plus Every other podcast series we've ever done, along with any bonus content, is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch the whole series right now, rather than waiting for any future episodes to come out, then please go and check out The Pregnancy Posse. I've gone and taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and made this accessible to every single woman inside my online program, The Pregnancy Posse. So when you join The Posse, I guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. We also have a weekly Q&A session where I answer every single question that my amazing members submit. And there's a beautiful community forum where we all help each other out and support each other along the journey. Plus, there's an amazing resources library which helps you avoid Googling all of your symptoms. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode three in our six-part Birth with Confidence series. You're going to love today's interesting chat with Rhea about the key roles that adrenaline and endorphins play in late-stage labor. Enjoy. 
So yeah. we spoke originally about sort of that visual graph, the early yeah. labor, how we want oxytocin flowing to kind of bring us up into more established labor. Yeah. There is that natural peak of adrenaline, which is our nesting instinct. Yeah. And we want to acknowledge that, but we don't want to continue that for longer yes. than necessary. Yeah. Now, can we talk about when we're getting higher into yes. that sort of transition phase and how the hormones start to play out when we're nearing towards the end stages of labor? Yeah. The first stage, yep. Yeah. So here we have, so the oxytocin, queen oxytocin doing her thing. Adrenaline, hopefully, is that, that big wave has come and gone. The nesting is complete and the mother is feeling safe and comfortable where she's giving birth. Of course, that would be ideal. It's often not the case, but we have to think about that. Um, so then oxytocin is building and building and building. And as, so what we have to think about is, and here we're linking to that idea of the functional physiological pain of labor. And maybe we're gonna come back to that later and speak about it in more detail, but I just yes. got a flag at this, at this point because as the oxytocin becomes stronger and more of it, what that does is drive stronger and stronger contractions, closer together contractions, longer contractions, more powerful contractions to open the mother's body and for the baby to make its way down. So that is that issue of, yeah, as I'm saying, driving the, the functional physiological pain. So, as that builds, and you know, generally we'd say this is we're, we're hitting around seven centimeters at this point. As that builds and these big, strong, powerful contractions coming close together, then what happens is that the the mother then gets a wash of endorphins. And so maybe just let's hold that for a minute. So I, you know, Laura, that I used to be a phys ed teacher and outdoor adventures facilitator. So I need to put that hat on for a moment. Um, you know, many of us do fun runs, do, do get up every morning, go bike riding or running or whatever you are. We're, we're looking for that endorphin high. We're pushing ourselves up that hill because we know that when we reach that point where we feel like we want to give up and it's too much and we don't like it anymore and why the hell did we get out of bed this morning and so on, so on, so on. We know that if we keep going that little bit more, we're then going to get that switch on of the endorphins in our body, which gives us both that high, because endorphins are like our natural opiates, gives us that high, it's, it shifts our brain waves. It also gives us sort of, um, helps us to get into rhythm and energy for what it is that we're trying to achieve, whether that's bike riding or running or kayaking, or in our case, birthing. Mm. So when, let's just stay with birth. So, so I'm wanting to just yeah, put this together so that, you know, in terms of doing other activities, we think that's brilliant. We encourage people to do that. And if we feel that we've done something like that ourselves and we feel it's a great achievement, but somehow that same idea about going through pain barriers, about, about moving to that endorphin high, the runner's high, the bike rider's high, or what have you, that somehow are they in birthing this, it's not equated in the same way. And maybe we'll talk about that a bit more later. Yes. But what's happening for the woman in, in labor? As these contractions are building and building and building, and the stronger the, the oxytocin, the more powerful the contractions, 
And as they become more and more powerful, women go into these points, I call them crises of confidence. You could equate them to hitting a pain barrier. And if women are supported and understand this and not fearful of it, then as they go into that deeper place, then endorphins start to come into their system. And as those endorphins come through, then the, I mean, this is such a, those of us who work in this field, this is what we're waiting for. Because we know when the, the functional physiological pain reaches these peaks that ship over the endorphin system, the endorphins come through and sort of take out really the mother's thinking brain. The brain waves have shifted so that she's now in this much deeper brain wave system. She's no longer has a thinking, talking, speaking, but she's now going to primal territory. So this is so beautiful to, to watch and to understand. And then she knows what she's doing. She, mm. She's primarily with her body. She's with her baby. In fact, the mother and the baby are really communicating deeply at that point because they've both got the same brave brain waves going on. So they're really in tune with one another. So the endorphins do all of this work. The endorphins also give us um, you know, some moderation of the pain. Mm. They don't take the pain away. They give some moderation. But more importantly, the endorphins really trigger this drop into this primal instinctive processing and being present to the labor. Mm. So, but the thing about that is what's, I mean, I'm imagining I'm talking to a lot of pregnant women and what I would say to them is that because normal physiological childbirth is such a rare event in our birth culture at present, maybe we'll talk about the stats for that later, but it's such a rare event that many practitioners that you'll be working with who will be supporting you have never seen it. Mm, which is and terrible. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They have never seen it. They don't know what it looks like. And they're misinterpreting some of what is going on at this point that I'm talking about when the endorphins come through. So mm. important to understand this. If there's partners, birth partners in listening to this talk, so absolutely important that you understand this. So a woman, when she's endorphined, let's say it's, as I'm saying, it's generally somewhere around that seven centimetres. Yeah. She... <laughs> she just totally looks like she's gone she's like um i mean if you've ever had a whack, whack of opiates in your life or you know strong painkillers or what have you or and you see somebody's just sort of gone on the nod yeah so women laboring when these endorphins come through they go on the nod i mean if they're in a Sometimes if they're in tubs and things, you know, we've got to hold them up because it's just going to sink down under the water. They are gone into this blissful state of the endorphins. But from the outside, if you don't know that this is what's going on, because what, so when it's occurring, so they go into this deep, blissful, totally out of its state in between contractions, then they rise up as a contraction comes and they're just in a primal way working with that contraction. Sometimes a primal way is to be roaring with the contraction or sometimes a primal way to be with the contractions is just a quiet breathing with it, a whole, you know, it, it, all sorts of varieties, but they stir to the contraction. Mm. 
they work with the contraction and then they drop again into this deep out of it space that's that's come from the endorphins so for people who don't know what they're looking at and don't understand what's happening what they see is an exhausted woman mm. an exhausted woman mm. and many of the the midwives sadly many of the obstetricians particularly sadly don't know this difference and they can come in and and also the partners think oh my god she's exhausted she can't even talk she can't even she can't hear me she can't not language because they're totally they're primarily back where there's no language there's no there's sounds it's not not the cerebral cortex operating and the mm. cerebral cortex knows fuck all about birth. So the sooner it's out of the picture, the better that labor is going to go. <laughs> so the mother is just in such a fantastic space. But often everybody around them, because maybe she has missed last night's, you know, she didn't get a good sleep last night or she's been at it all day or what have you. And so it's quite easy to understand why people then start to talk about, well, she's exhausted. And look at her. Mm. Look at her. She looks exhausted. No, she's not exhausted. She's endorphined. Mm. she's endorphined and to dis to to interfere with this endorphin state and this is often a time when you know it can be things like oh we think if we put an epidural up or something and she could have a sleep because look she looks so exhausted mm. no what happens then with the endorphins so the endorphins stay they build strongly they're keeping the mother in this primal state now she's responding to her body the baby is doing its thing they're dancing together this internal both hormonal as well as sort of physiological process that's happening in the body the mother's opening her body and the baby's the baby's really birthing they birth themselves really the mother just has to open her body so mm. simple <laughs> so easy <laughs> um, so easy and then the baby makes its way down um late in first stage so this is you know around that we'd say pretty well on 10 centimeters or that full dilation before then women move into the second stage which is where the uterus is now going to be bearing down and pressing down and um, pressing the baby down and the baby is nuzzling down using the that the receptors being triggered you know on on the head that we've talked about and the baby continues to nuzzle its way down through the vagina so at this point because maybe you know, if somebody's with a woman who is not experienced and they're seeing this very deeply endorphin state, maybe they can say to themselves, well, okay, well, she's not in, she's not exhausted, even though that's what it looks like. She's endorphined. Um, but they then get worried about, well, you know, what's going to happen when the baby's born? What will, what will, but we then get this next big shunt of adrenaline. Mm. Yeah. It comes really that break between late first stage and into second stage. And as that big shunt of adrenaline comes, the mother wakes up. So the endorphins drop back. She wakes up. She's got energy to burn. She's got this fueled by the, the, the adrenaline, but also fueled by really the, the resources in her body anyway that have just been, um, yeah, in a way supported by the endorphins or... Um, given some, some breathing space with the endorphins. Now the endorphins drop back, the adrenaline comes forward. And we know that when, when we're in an adrenalized state that is about um, you know, preparing for something and to act you know, to, 
I don't know if you're running a race or, or whatever, you know, you've got that adrenaline surge that gets you to, to be focused and prepared, or you're giving a talk or you're doing an exam or all sorts of ways. Adrenaline is not also only about fear, it's about priming us for action. And so here the mother is now awake. She's attuned, her baby is working down. She's now got this energy for working with those contractions to bear down, to, to push and to work with her baby as her baby's coming down through the vagina. Mm. And then also to be entirely attuned to her baby. Yeah. So that the two of them then, that, that prime state, the baby prime to open its eyes and to look and engage with the, with the mum and the mother to the baby and so on and so on all that beautiful stuff that we we know can happen we know happens for mammals we know we're mammal you know we're mammals it's part of that social engagement comes out of um oxytocin it's part of what we do as mammals is to socially engage in a very strong bonded primal way with our babies if we're left undisturbed if we mm. haven't disturbed the hormones and we haven't disturbed the, the setting um so this is something so important to understand this difference between endorphins and exhaustion. Yes. That mother, you, you see, as soon as they wake up, you see they have energy to burn. They're mm. no longer looking like they, they, they haven't got energy. They've got plenty of energy. Yeah. And I remember you saying that sometimes a woman would be mid conversation, <laughs> slip into the endorphin state not talk and be you know in in her own space and then yeah. when she comes out of that she'd finish off that conversation that yeah. she had hours yeah. ago <laughs> exactly exactly and when I hear you talk about this Ria it just again blows my mind because the body it just knows what to do it's so clever it knows that it's not safe for a mum to be in that sleepy dozy state when baby's yeah. born because it needs to be able to catch it and look after it and and whatnot so that's why the adrenaline spikes and it just makes so much sense and I don't think I would have properly understood it until I saw a video we know most women these days don't see births before they give birth and um, that's why seeing birth videos really positive um, natural physiological birth videos are so good because when I saw this woman in the bathtub I found my first reaction was oh my God, she's exhausted. And that was where my brain went, even though you just told me about the differences. And it was just really good to acknowledge that, no, 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 this is to be celebrated. This is a really good thing. Her hormones are working. This is normal as opposed to pathologizing it and saying, well, she needs help now. Because that's often, like you said, when we interfere, when it's actually working out perfectly. So I just think that was such an important important point to talk about and I think that now gives us a really really good understanding of oxytocin endorphins adrenaline three key hormones for that labor path what I wanted to circle back on because I know when you told us the stats before we know a lot of women aren't getting the full amount of queen oxytocin these days the stats are enormously high that women are bypassing this or just getting less than they should be so for those women myself included I've had two c-sections with very little labor, Mm -hmm. is there some sort of compensation system that we can do to make up for what may have lacked in birth when it comes to oxytocin? Yeah, yeah. Great point. And, I mean, I I keep um, having to claim our darling Sarah Buckley, and Sarah's doing a lot of talking about this now in terms of, um, you know, making up 
because so many births are so so disturbed. Mm. Um, but what can we do to make up if? And I mean, sometimes all of the interventions, if absolutely necessary, how brilliant. How brilliant and how brilliant that we live in a country like Australia where we have access to interventions when we need them mm. to keep either the mother or the baby in a better state than they might otherwise have been. But that's not, you know, so the big, the big challenge about that is to work out, given the interventions are so high, well, does that mean really that Australian women and babies are imperiled or is this something about the systems? So we might tap into that a little bit more later on. But if interventions are required then how yes do we then come back to tapping into that and so the key ways and there, there is much more awareness about this now um, which is the skin to skin eye contact you, you can tune it again to that the music if you've had that as a tool for you um, but yeah, the skin-to-skin -skin contact really, and, and ideally, I mean, unless the babies or the mother are really in trouble after the baby's born, but really to be not disturbing that, that very first half hour, hour, the golden hour, we call it. Mm. And so, I mean, even in Caesars now, they're, they're really much more mindful about that and really helping the mum and the baby to connect at that point, not separating them. Mm. Um, so that at least is starting to try and fill that gap about but of course if we were to change some of the things about the system and our understandings we mightn't have to fill up those gaps we would just be full on with it all in the first place but yeah um, there's very good yeah. work to be done around that i think it's good just for women to know all hope is not lost and there are things you can do on the other side. Yeah. But really, like you said, ideally they read your two books first <laughs> and have a good understanding yes. of, um, you know, how how to birth within the system that we have these days and why it is an endangered species to have this natural physiological birth so that yeah. hopefully we don't have to compensate for anything afterwards. So yes, I love that. Hey mamas, Laura here. Now I've said it before, but I will say it again. How amazing is the human body, particularly the pregnant and birthing body? It is just so fascinating to me that endorphins help us to drop into that sleepy primal state to navigate transition well. But then of course, adrenaline pops back up to make sure we're alert and in tune with our babies to birth them safely. Like the body just really knows what to do. It's intelligent, seriously blows my mind. <laughs> and I think this message about exhausted versus endorphined is very, very important. So like I mentioned in this episode, I saw a woman on video in this endorphin state and my first reaction was to feel sorry for her because she looks so tired. But it's so important for us to recognize when nature is working perfectly and to not demonize this and try to intervene unnecessarily. So if you'd like to learn more from Rhea, you can find her at birthingwisdom.com.au and I would love to hear from you as always over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know your favorite part of this episode. In the next few episodes we have coming up in this Birth with Confidence series, we'll be chatting with Ria about why as a culture we need to reframe labor pain and what that means, the current issues in our birth culture and why it's not helpful to continue pitying the laboring woman, crisis of confidence points and so much more. So if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you don't miss our upcoming episodes in this wonderful series. 
Now, if you love today's episode and you want to watch the next three episodes in this Birth with Confidence series, you can find this entire series along with all our other podcast series live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. For most series of the podcast, remember we also record exclusive bonus content for members only and in the bonus member only episode for this series, Rhea talks us through what she calls wild cards and how certain life events or social and emotional factors can pop up as triggers in the birth space. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts and extensive resources library on birth prep, pelvic floor exercises, yoga, meditation, and managing aches and pains, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. I'd love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now, I will catch you soon for episode four in this six-part Birth with Confidence series where we'll be chatting about the importance of reframing labor pain. But until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.